0: Today we're shifting focus on what is most important and just feel a sense of, of uh, passion and urgency uh, to have a conversation today. And I'm so blessed today to have Reverend Charles B. Lowe here today to help lead and guide in that conversation. I am so grateful uh, for Charles to, to be here as a friend, as a um, uh, just as a knowledgeable expert and, and just um, um, an extraordinarily decent human being to, to guide us. And I wanna say uh, to many of the rest of you who are, who are hiding your gifting and simply um, you know, flying beneath the radar, um, not anymore. Um, it's time for us to grow and to unleash our calling and, and the greatness of Christ in you on the world. Now, Charles uh, is a, an extremely gifted uh, individual. You'll, you'll pick that up as we, as we have the conversation. Uh, Charles is a diversity and inclusion consultant, um, and he has worked for years uh, with federal government agencies dealing with issues of national security. Um, he also has his own consulting business, and, and so, Charles is uh, someone who models somebody being in their lane and and in their zone in terms of the, the passion of what he is doing and the gifting from which he, he does it. And so I just wanted to give Charles uh, just a, a second to... Uh, to say hello and introduce himself as well. So, Charles, welcome. Thank you. So glad that you're here
1: this morning. Thanks for having me, Pastor Drew, and I appreciate the uh, the, the honor and the privilege to come and share in the conversation with you. As you said, I uh, do have my own consultancy. I've been working in the diversity and inclusion uh, arena for a little more than 10 years now at various uh, roles and responsibilities, uh, but most recently, the past About five, six years now has been as a consultant for senior leadership, um, in the federal government, uh, their leadership teams and their workforce, uh, groups to help them, uh, to help educate them, uh, about matters related to diversity and inclusion, uh, so that they can feel empowered to embrace and leverage the differences that they see, not only in skill sets and in gender or ethnic backgrounds, but in all aspects of diversity and inclusion. We want to help foster and maintain an inclusive space um, in the work centers, but also beyond. Uh, And so it's been my pleasure to actually be able to work uh, within, as I've shared with you before, my passion. Uh, And that is and and has been a passion of mine, was to bring people together so that we can uh, um, reap the benefits of shared accomplishments and and achievements.
0: Well, it's extraordinarily encouraging to me uh, to know that you are deployed, um, and and this is you know it's no brag just fact, but in the, the highest levels of government, <laughs> to uh, to move um, to move the, the, the national conversation forward with with leadership people who are influencers, um, people who um, uh, you know have the, the the power to create environments. And, and again, thank you so much for being with us today to have a conversation.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
0: Um, today I wanted to just spend a few moments before we start our conversation just to, to kind of frame things and, and kind of let you know where I am um, personally. And, um, and just to say that uh, my heart is broken with where we are as, as an, a nation. Um, it's not newly broken uh, because it's been broken, it's just um, it, as my daughter might have said it a few years earlier, newly broken. Er, is uh, <laughs> broken again, and and um, and and we're going to talk today uh, about uh, race and racism, and about where we are in our our country, and and to of all things to add to the trauma of a national, uh, worldwide pandemic uh, to, to, to just enter into the ongoing trauma of, of racism. It's just wound upon wound and pain upon pain. But the simple reality is this is, this is a recognition that, um, that this is where, uh, people of color are living all the time anyway. I want to just frame a a few things and, and I just want to say from the beginning, I'm, I'm not completely worried about getting everything right. I'm not gonna, um, I'm going to say some things wrong. I'm going to offend some of you. Um, you know, some of you may decide, you know, you're not wanting to be a part of 7 Run anymore. That's okay. It's a bit of gifting throughout my ministry to <laughs> to to offend people. But honestly, um, I take that very seriously and, and never do I want to in any way flippantly, um, you know, to offend or... So from the broken heart and from the position of Matthew 18, 3, Jesus said we couldn't come into the kingdom of God if we were going to come as a bunch of know-it-all adults. We had to be broken. Um, we had to humble ourselves. And we had to come as children. And so I'm just asking for grace today. One of the realities that, that, that defines our Christian journey is found in John 1, 14, where the scripture says, the word became flesh. And made His dwelling, His tabernacle. For those of you who are Old Testament fans, and, and know the echo there, among us, with us, and and we have seen His glory. The Scripture says, um, uh, and it is the glory of the one and only Son. And then, then I want you to pay attention to this phrase: "Who came from the Father, full of grace and truth." So. Grace and truth are uniquely linked and we cannot have one without the other. You will never know the truth without a heart of, of broken grace. And you will never know grace without struggling with the, the edges, the hard edges of, of, of a, of a cutting truth. So, full of grace and truth is how we're going to approach everything. So, um, so we're going to come to a conversation that 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 many people want to avoid, um that is awkward, that is that is uh often full of tension that acknowledges uh, among our sameness of our humanity the differences of the pigment of our skin, of being white, of being black, of having different cultural experiences. Um and from the start I want to say uh, just a couple of things as 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 a, a a white human being. Um you know we're going to avoid maximizing and minimizing. Um, and we're also going to avoid denial. These are some things that I get for 40 years in, in marital counseling, maximizing and minimizing means that, that you see something maximizing everywhere and that everything is painted with a single brush. Well, I just have to say that's ignorant because everything is different. Uh, you know, context, no two human beings are the same. Um, our lives are all different. So, so to, to, to paint with a broad brush and to say, to use terms like always and everybody, it's just intellectually lazy. And, and I don't think it's very loving, full of grace and truth. To minimize is to, to take the pain or the issues of another and to, and and to do just that, to minimize, to dial it down to where it's, it's like it's nothing. Oh, that's, because it's not my experience, it's, it's no experience. Well, that's the whole heart of not being able to hear somebody. And we want to hear one another today in a way that we haven't in our national conversation before. We want to hear the pain. And so to those of you who, my my white brothers and sisters, who do not believe racism exists um, and racial injustice is not an issue, hear me carefully, okay? Um, I don't have time for you um, to have any conversations if there 's no room for any hearing in your in your heart if if you are set in that and you believe that 's the revealed truth to you then 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 we are all going to go towards our judgment and and give an account for every word we say and every careless thought if If you are rigid in that position um, with all humility i there 's nothing I can offer you um, so please don 't bother emailing me or texting me because. There's there's no conversation we can have. I I I believe in Christ. You're wrong. Um, for for my my brothers in 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 Christ, um, I I want to say the same thing that I often have to say to those who are in in marital crisis. And the husband and wife will come in, and and often more often than not, it's the woman, not the man, and she will begin to speak about a problem, and he will turn to her and say, "That's not a problem. It's not an issue in our marriage." Foul. <laughs> if one person says there's a problem, then there's a problem. And it's only arrogance or indifference or a hard, hard heart that wouldn't want to be willing to hear the pain of somebody else. So we're not going to get it right. I'm not going to get it right. I'm not going to speak for Charles. He'll get it right. Not even. (laughs) um, Some practice. um, I'm going to step into things that sometimes, and, and, and some of you who are, were uh, born with white skin are going to say, what is he talking about? I'm going to say something. And other times, those of you who are, uh, you know, created with, with darker pigment are going to say, he does not know what he's talking about. And, and I just have to say with all due love and respect, whatever, honor the heart. Um, if the head gets something wrong and, and I believe with all my heart that just as in the COVID season, um, this isn't a breakdown season of becoming less for the church. No, it's, it's, a, it's a call to repentance and revival. I believe we can be and will be different as a nation coming out of this in, in terms of the racial conversation um, and racial reconciliation and unity. Um, we, it's got to be. If not now, when? This has been going on uh, for uh, <laughs> two to four hundred years. It's time. It's time. So I want to frame a couple of things quickly, and, and then we're going to jump into our conversation. Um, first of all, I, I just, I thought a good summary was, a, was a, uh, an op-ed piece that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did um, May 30th in the LA Times. I just want to read a, a small portion of that. The guy's written 16 books. In addition to being a brilliant athlete, he's uh, just a brilliant man and a brilliant author. Um, so I'm jumping in the article, and, and this, he's talking about the different contexts that we hear things. And, um, and, and, and it, it is a call to honor perspectives and contexts and not to jump to political left and right. I, I do want to say as well that, that racial justice is not a left wing versus right wing issue. Um, as has often been memed on Facebook, uh, racial justice, and the reality that Black Lives Matters is an issue of kingdom of God versus kingdom of hell. And, and again, so we're gonna hear things differently, but, but before you rush to fill in with, with cultural presuppositions, just give a hearing for just a moment. So he says, yes, protests are often an excuse for some to take advantage, just as when fans celebrating a hometown team championship uh, burn cars and destroys uh, storefronts. I, I don't want to see stores looted and buildings burned, but African-Americans have been living in a burning building for many years, choking on the smoke as the flames burn closer and closer. Racism in America is like dust in the air. It seems invisible even if you're choking on it until you let the sun in. Then you see it everywhere. As long as we keep shining that light, we have a chance of cleaning it where it lands. We have to stay vigilant because it's still always in the air. So when you see black protesters, uh, so when you see black protesters, it depends on, on whether you're living in that burning building or watching on TV with a bowl of corn chips waiting for NCIS to start. What I want to see is not a rush to judgment, but a rush to justice. And um, to, to those of you who, when you hear Black Lives Matter, immediately want to, to jump to All Lives Matters, I, I just want to say, again, of course, you're, you're in danger of maximizing and minimizing. Um, you know, it, it's like when the fire department shows up to the house that is burning on the street, you, you, you look around and say, well, wait a minute, all these houses matter. Well, of course they do. I don't think anybody's objecting to that. It's just that all these houses aren't on fire. This one is. And in terms of racial injustice, um, black lives have not mattered to the degree that, that, that white lives have mattered. It's just, it's just a fact in my, my judgment. So I just want to briefly frame where I believe the Holy Spirit has called me to go as a child of his. And and um, just ask you to hear um, Romans twelve nine and ten um, is framed on a call in chapter twelve of Romans uh, to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. so man, it's this complete dying to self and what I think and what my culture thinks and and i I'm just dead and now now Christ lives in me. Therefore, I urge you brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. This is, this is real worship, okay? So you can't be who you were before you come to Jesus. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind can't be captured by a fallen and broken culture. Um, verse three, for by grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought. Um, that is ego in play. And, and nationally in our culture, We come to this conversation in fear and insecurity, okay? Thinking our own thoughts instead of the thoughts of Christ. But here's this call to a radical humility in our relationships with one another. So don't think of yourselves more highly than you are, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. In other words, I've gifted you, and that needs to be your confidence and security, uh, not what you think of other people and what other people think of you. And then here's the heart and, and the, the, the centerpiece of how I'm, I'm going to call at least our church and those of you who will follow to challenge a culture of contempt um, with creating a culture of honor. Verse 9 and 10 says this, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Racial injustice is evil. Cling to what is good, the word of God and Jesus Christ and the blood of Christ. Be devoted to one another in love. One another, um, we're going to talk about later, um, but it is the household of faith, but it is also by true extension in the spirit of John 13, 34 and 35, our worldwide witness. So don't you dare say one another doesn't include um, our, our culture. It, it does. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. The, the way that the New Living Translation translated, I love, don't pretend to, to love others. Don't just pretend to love others. Oh, I love everybody. Mm. Do your actions show that? Um, really love them. Hate what is wrong. I I I want us to to have a conversation that moves us in the days to come from from being racist to saying I'm not racist to then truly becoming anti-racist. That's that's the hating what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Uh, That's that's a a passionate call to to hold to the word of God and not be afraid of getting it wrong in the conversation, of, of not... Um, you know, of not getting everything right. Um, you know, on, honestly, I, I was, uh, you know, contemplating attending one of, the, um, one, of the, one of the protests here locally, and I, and I heard a man, a um, uh, person of color on camera, and he was speaking, and he was saying, you know, he said, it's obvious to me that pe- many people who aren't from our community are, are here who, who don't belong. And, and I just wanted to say, you know, he's right, and I think he's wrong. Um because, because you know that is his community, but it's also our community. And 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 so it's that kind of tension and 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 paradox and stuff that we've got to kind of enter into here. But love each other, the NLT says in Romans 12:10, with genuine affection, take delight in honoring each other. So we are going to counter a culture of contempt. I don't believe. That perhaps since the Civil War our culture has ever been more divided politically and 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 perhaps even racially, although I sense a, a real movement of God um, countering that that we have to be a part of but but this is not an issue of left and right this is <laughs> an issue of good and evil this is an issue of kingdom of God and kingdom of, of darkness and so so I want to challenge us to to Counter a culture of contempt with a culture of honor. So Democrats, I want to challenge you to to not respond with contempt to the Republicans, but with honor. Republicans, I want to challenge you to respond to, to people who think differently than you, Democrats and independents, not with contempt and and simply dismiss them with some label as though you radically now understand them. You don't until you have a conversation and hear somebody's heart, but with, with honor. Honor one another above yourselves. Justice issues are issues for us all. Micah 6, 8 says this, He has shown you, O mortal man, what is required of you, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly to love mercy mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And so it is in that spirit of countering a culture of contempt with honor. We are going to learn to honor one another above ourselves. What does that mean? I don't know. Go spend the rest of your life figuring it out. Um, And and that's literally what we're going to do as, as children, honoring other people above ourselves in ways that bring about re- redeeming grace, redeeming conversations, and, and redeeming truth. And I believe through the pathway of honor, um, God is going to going to bring a, a, a greater healing in our nation. Charles, again, thank you so much for, for being here. Um, you, you've kind of heard my heart. I've kind of had my peace. Um, it is a conversation, but Charles, what would you... What would you say? What would you throw in? What would you add to um to where we are and to, to what, what you've heard?
1: So I would I would like to um uh add to the idea of the pandemic uh that we are experiencing right now. And I'm not referring to coronavirus or COVID nineteen. I'm speaking specifically in the term of racism and racist actions and activities and attitudes in our nation. It is a pandemic. And just like with any pandemic, there needs to be a cure. You just spoke from the cure. And that is the word of God. Um, For me, um, several key verses that have been life to me during this pandemic uh, that we have been experiencing. Um, Two others that jump out at me that, that I also use, uh, to help govern and guide my steps uh, in this space, uh, one comes from Mark chapter twelve verses thirty and thirty-one, uh, where it says, "And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength." I paraphrased, of course. Um, the second one, equally, is important: love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Um, those two verses right there just confirm for me, solidify for me. Um, that I, as a Christian, can't claim to be a Christian and can't claim to be an avid follower of Christ if I'm not willing to not only love the Lord, but also love my neighbor. I've often questioned what does it mean to be a neighbor? Who is my neighbor? And who am I a neighbor to? Um, I think think it was uh, on purpose that Christ said, love your neighbor, because he knew our neighbors would be different. And he said so without condition, other than the first verse, and that is to love the Lord with everything in you. And I feel like if I do that, when I do that, then I'm in position to love my neighbor also. Um, the other verse or passage that jumps out at me is um, because you spoke about power. Um, you touched on a little bit about the fears that people have of not saying the right thing, not knowing what to say, not knowing how to act, not being accepted um, not being uh, uh, welcomed into certain spaces. Well, the Bible also says in Second Timothy 1 and 7 that we were not given a spirit of fear. Yeah. Um, but yet we were given a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. For me, that power is to know that I can enter in any situation with any person knowing that the Spirit of God is there with me. Yeah,
0: that's a good word.
1: Um, and, and that the Spirit of God allows me to even if I'm uncomfortable in that space, to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. But Charles,
0: what that does too is that replaces the anxiety of personal, the personal anxiety and the the cultural tension with a whole new kingdom dynamic.
1: Exactly. And that's that's one of the things that that oftentimes people um, will come to me with is, but I don't know how to say fill in the blank, or I don't know how to approach so and so I don't know how they're going to accept me, and I am quick to remind people, okay, but well, don't be concerned with that, okay, be concerned with with what your heart is beating with what's what's what are you being led with in your heart if you're being led to reach out and just want to pray for someone in that time of of, of turmoil and and pandemic um then do that um it it does you're right it it relieves us of the anxiety of having to know. The right thing to say. Um, I mess up. Uh, you, you said, uh, I'm, I chuckled when you said, uh, um, I get it right all the time. No, I don't. I, <laughs> I, I'm in that camp with you where I know that I offend a number of people on a somewhat regular basis oftentimes. And uh, not that I'm comfortable with that, but I'm comfortable in uh, what I believe the Lord has called me to do, and that is to speak truth to it. Um, and that's the power That's that spirit of power that I believe that we've been given, Um, spirit of love. Love does a wonderful, wonderful uh, work on a number of scenarios and situations that we might encounter. If I truly say I love my neighbor, okay, that's in spite of, in my opinion, in spite of what I'm comfortable with. It's also in spite of what they may be doing or looking like. I don't have to appreciate or even agree or even understand what they may be doing or going through to love them. Yeah. Christ says that we are to love one another. He stopped right there. He didn't say with condition. Nope. When we add condition, we're stepping outside the bounds of what the scripture says.
0: And he and he pretty much took it to an extreme extent. Like, I don't get to put limits on that. Exactly. As I have loved you. As
1: I have loved you. Oh, my
0: gosh. <laughs> I stopped right there because
1: I, I know the mess that I've done.
0: Yeah.
1: And the mess that I've tried to look away from and... He reminds me, and I have loved you. Uh, and then that spirit of self-discipline, um, even when, for me, that tells me that even when I may not agree with something or maybe not fully understand it, I can govern my steps going forward in a in a disciplined manner to try to gain understanding and also to be neighborly to whomever or whatever that situation is. Uh, it reminds me of the, the Good Samaritan, the story of the Good Samaritan, Um Good Samaritan helped that traveler mm-hmm. uh, in a disciplined fashion, I would say. Uh, unlike the others that came along and, and left him there. Um, so those two passages in Mark and in 2 Timothy uh, really helped guide uh my approach to all of this. I will say though, Pastor Drew, it, it's it's not easy. And we it, we
0: were talking before, and I want you to sure, go where you want to go with sure, this. But sure. We were talking before about how this was impacting you personally, you know, as a a, a, a you know a, a black American, a black male, a, a professional mm-hmm. whose world is immersed professionally and then personally. This, you know, the the the, the tragedy of our current season um, and our long history. Mm-hmm. It's it's there's no escape on either front for you. Correct.
1: Correct. Yeah, there's no escape. It's, it's, um, wow. Um, so, hmm. on a personal level, it's, it's, it, to say it's difficult is, I think, an understatement. Uh, as a black man in this society,
0: Charles, can I push you a little bit for sure, it? Sure. I mean, you know, uh, it is difficult. Just name
1: some of the it's yeah oh i you, have no I have, I have no problem doing so pastor drew um the it for me existing in this skin in this society because this society is reeking with racism and racist thoughts and racist attitudes simply because of the tone of my skin, the color of my before skin. Before you ever say a word. Before, before I say before a word, you, uh, when I walk into a room, when I go to the grocery store, when I drive down the street and somebody pulls up next to me in the car, um, whether they intend to or not, given the history of our country, immediately I'm reminded. Mm-hmm. There's a certain uh, conduct that I have to be not only aware of but mindful of that I ensure that I carry out in this society. And that is um, not only tiresome, it's exhausting, it's burdensome. Um, as a parent of a black son, it's doubly because now that whenever he's away from my sight, my care, my protection, since he was born, it's always that concern, is he okay? And what can I do to help protect him? Now he's an adult. And he's making his own decisions and making them wisely, but he's also going to have moments where he may stumble stumble I'll, and I'll that's hard.
0: To, I want you to continue that thought. I, I want to just pause for just a second sure. to say to say, you know, you know to me, this is what we're talking about when we talk about white privilege. <laughs> now, to some of you that that phrase is so offensive and and, and, I, and I get well I'm not going should I apologize for being white. No. Nobody is asking no. you to do that. nobody no, 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 at no, least no. I'm not
1: Mm-mm. no,
0: but everything that you just heard. If you have white skin, you're not thinking about.
1: And it is a burden that you do not live with inherently. It is not to say that um, you've not struggled in your life.
0: Oh, my gosh, yes. It doesn't at mean all. life hasn't been It doesn't been painful. mean you're not
1: life has not been, has, that life hasn't been difficult hard? at yeah. times. It simply means that your skin has not been a reason for it.
0: And, and a daily a daily reality reality. So I'm constantly, no, 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 that's
1: fine. This is, this is a conversation and, and it's one that, that, um, you know, I, 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 I welcome, but as you pointed out, a lot of people, when they hear the, the phrase white privilege, they bristle because they, they misconstrue its actual meaning. Um, I'm not looking down upon anyone because they have right privilege. I am disappointed, however, when someone operates within it and refuses to acknowledge that it's there or that it exists.
0: Like denying the dust in the denying air. Denying so. the dust
1: in the air, I think, was an, an absolute brilliant analogy. The dust in the air the dust right now is here. Um it's 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 there. Racism exists. Um the it is, as I said, just simple existence on a daily basis um without the reminders is not only challenging, it's near impossible. Um, as I was saying, I, I'm reminded, and I think often of my son. I think often often of of, of, of um, other sons who, just because they look a certain way in their skin, oftentimes, unfortunately, are thought negatively until proven right. or shown otherwise. Um,
0: the phrase "to work twice as hard to get" is a very half true phrase. Much.
1: Exactly, yeah. very true phrase that I learned early on in my life from my parents. We shared it with my with our own kids. Um, what was your
0: wording of that? What was your just opinion? that? Okay,
1: you're going to expect to expect to have to work twice as hard to be recognized for half as much mm-hmm. half as much of what you've done. Um, it's not fair. It's not right. But go in expecting it. Don't let that taint your attitude going in. But, let it be present in your mind that that's probably an experience you're going to have more often than not more often and than more other. often than some of your peers who don't look like you yeah. um the That's a very real conversation. The conversation um is one that's always ongoing. It never stops it I think it evolves in ways um because there I, I don't remember when my parents didn't have that conversation with me Some can remember an age. I don't remember the age when my parents had it with me. I don't remember how old my kids were when we had it with them. Um, we started early um, because we knew that their experiences, there could be experiences where they might experience, uh, have some of those Didn't occasions. not to be unprepared. Not at all. Not at all. Um, so on the, personal si- on the personal side, my personal life, it's exhausting to have to live with those reminders that... Um, I have to understand that someone may see me in a way that's not so pleasing just because of who I'm without knowing me. On the professional side, because I'm steeped in this business, in this industry of diversity and inclusion, and, and not just trying to create a, a, a symbolic kumbaya state, right. but to recognize that God made us all different for a reason. Um, And I believe that it's for his enjoyment. So why can't we enjoy it as well? We ought to. Um, This business that I'm in is steeped with not only the um, compliance side, if I can bring in the legal aspect. Right, right. Just the,
0: the bare minimums. The bare
1: minimums of making sure you must do this or do that. But just to help create that environment so that people do feel comfortable no matter what skin they're in. Uh, and no matter who's around, no matter what the skills that they bring, that everyone is appreciated for who they are, abilities and or lack of abilities alike. Um, and so this pandemic brings another level of um, challenge and exhaustion with it from a professional sense that with the two combined, Pastor Drew, it's almost right now as if there's no turning off. Yeah. When I sleep at night. Oftentimes, I do sleep pretty soundly, I will say, but it doesn't mean that my mind is resting fully because I can wake up some nights and feel exhausted. And I've been lying there as, thinking in my mind that I've been sleeping for hours when it's only been one or two. Yeah. Um, other nights, I will wake up every hour on hour just with things, thoughts, ideas, racing um, in the professional aspects of what I do as well as on the personal side of what I and other members of my family may be experiencing or are experiencing um, and, and how we deal with that. Um, so, you know, some people ask, are you OK? I'm trying to be.
0: Yeah.
1: I try to be OK, but I'm not. Um, don't talk to me about, well, the looting doesn't help. Um, the, the way you protest is not right. Well, protest is not supposed to be comfortable anyway. It's going against what was a norm. Right. So it's going to be uncomfortable. The manner in which someone might protest is uh, predicated largely on their emotions and whether or not they choose to, in some way, frame those emotions in in, in a number of ways that may or may not be um, what we've seen in some locations around the country. Um, but don't come to me about you know, how people are protesting right now. The the, the protests are because people have not been hurt. Um, set aside the the actual opportunists who are taking advantage of the situation. Right. I'm not talking about them.
0: That's a that's a that's a, a, that's a different, different conversation. Different conversation Absolutely. D- different, it's a different
1: wrong. So. It's a different wrong. I'm talking about the the protests uh, with the scenarios that have played out recently over the past few weeks where people are just angry. They're tired People have tried to protest so-called peacefully. There, were, there was anger and contempt directed at Colin Kaepernick for kneeling silently. Um, there, that wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And people misinterpreted why he was doing it.
0: And I've heard a number of people, now I'm referring to white people, mm-hmm. who've come back in this context and, and rethought Colin's actions. Right. And, and, and seeing them not as unpatriotic, but as um, just as a, 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 his protest.
1: Exactly. His, you know, his, his want and his desire to see America be better than what it is. Yes. I'm a veteran, Air Force veteran. Uh, I, I, I'm, I work with the federal government still currently. Uh, so I'm still serving this nation. Mm-hmm. I think this is the greatest nation on Earth. Are we without flaws? No. Do we have a lot of, a lot of room for growth? Absolutely. As a veteran, I volunteered to serve to uphold those ideas that people have the right to protest. I volunteered to serve because I want to see our nation be better. I want our nation to be in the spirit of what it was written to be. This is where I sort of distance myself a little bit from some politicians and some activists who will say that we are better than this. I believe in our heart of hearts, in our spirit, we want to be. But as a whole, our nation has not been. Mm -hmm. Our actions dictate what we are. And our nation has dictated through its actions, on the whole, that we've not been better. So... I stand, I kneel with Colin Kaepernick. When I hear the Pledge of Allegiance or the Star-Spangled Banner, you will see me with my hand over my heart Mm -hmm. because I have served, and that's what I was taught, and that's how I was raised. But I am not looking down on him or anyone else that chooses to kneel because we've not gotten it right. We've not gotten it right.
0: And and that's a huge reality. Um, You know, I I really do get the sense that that many um, uh, white people are, um, you know, more willing to hear you know I uh, uh, the, the 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 tragedy of george floyd you know uh just not being heard uh you know obviously that it, it's not just a symbol it's a man's life right. uh, it is it is you know it doesn't even start with rodney king it's <laughs> it it starts with the founding of our country mm-hmm. um the the point simply being that I, I really do get the sense that many people are more open, uh, many white people to 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 hearing, and the pain and the reality of what it is like to have to. In addition, we live in a broken world. All of us have pain, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's there's as many Americans that die just about every year in by suicide as by um, you know as in the Vietnam War. Sure. So you can't tell me people aren't hurting. They are. Mm-hmm. But in addition to all the other hurting, okay, if you have to wake up every single morning and in addition to all the other pain, you have to also be 24 hour aware of of the strikes against you because of the color of your skin. Mm -hmm. It is an added layer and an added burden. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to say is that that my my white brothers who do not believe racism exists um, almost to a person has been my experience. You have no relationships. With anybody of color, and you don't really listen to the stories of anybody of color. And I know right. that you know that you'll find, but people who are listening mm-hmm. and can hear mm-hmm. are, I think, more awakening to the reality of what it is like. To in addition to all the other pain of our broken world, apart mm-hmm. from God, to, to deal with.
1: One of the things that I would ask um, folks to do, because I, I think you're right in the regard that more people are hearing now, um, but more needs to be done. I think it needs to go beyond just hearing. So let's
0: it talk about to that. It goes to listening.
1: And to me, to listen is the combination of allowing what you hear through your ears or see with your eyes or read and, and uh, through intellect. And let it land in your heart so that it moves you to do something.
0: And that's, again, keep that thought. Sure. That's, you know, the Spirit of God has called me to call us to honor. Mm-hmm. And so exactly. hearing sound, he enters my ear. I can't stop that. Correct. But I can listen to it or not. Mm-hmm. And, and to take what you just said about landing in your heart. But now, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you have a heart of honoring mm-hmm. others. That's the action. That's, that's the, the action.
1: action. Love is an action. I mean, we talk about love as if it's a noun, and it is, but it's also an action. It's a verb. And to to listen uh, with with our hearts, I believe, at least in my experience, I've learned um, and have grown to know that listening means a requirement to do something, whether it's to pick up the phone and call that one black friend or one Asian friend or whomever that you... Only on the surface level, known in the office, you speak to them once or twice in the morning or whatever, Um, but maybe make an intentional effort to just get to know the person. Um, That's a call to action. That's listening. To intentionally begin reading works of literature from black authors, Mm -hmm. black poets. Um, Our school system, I don't care where it is, has not... Ever done, in my opinion, a good job of helping educate students holistically. There's a and they can't bring in all works of literature. I get that, but they can diversify it tremendously. Um, A lot of what I learned growing up about my own history, I didn't learn in school. I had to go to the library. I had to listen to family members. I had to go and find things, you know, that people would direct me to that was not taught in school. Mm-hmm. So, okay, maybe, um, maybe that's your plate. Maybe your school doesn't do that. Maybe you don't know where to, to find that information for your kids. You know what? Be intentional about it and go and find it. Ask someone um, outside of your comfort zone, outside of your community, your, your racial um, background, you know, what are some things that you read? You because know, those are those are action things that can be done and um, that's
0: because that's an honoring. It's a, an honoring. It's a giving absolutely. away to absolutely. And one of the things that you said as well there uh, really implies a, a, as well. You know, in the in the broader context, is because uh, racism is is also um, towards Asians. It's it's towards you know really just about anybody who doesn't oh, have yes. light skin, mm-hmm. right? I mm-hmm. mean, you know, and this, this is you know behind all the necessary conversations about. Great immigration policy. There's, there's a racism against people who we, you know, part of our culture holds in contempt. Absolutely. You know, uh, you know, immigrants. You're less than. But but this honoring, mm-hmm. um, honor one another. Well, you know what? To honor you, I want to know about you. I right. want to learn about you. That's right. That's uh, right. To honor, um, you know, your culture.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I. I, I give that weight. I give that significance, um, meaning, and value, so I, I do go and it lets learn me and know read. that my life matters. Yeah.
1: Um, back to the analogy you brought up about Black Lives Matter. That was never a, a cry to say that Black Lives Matter above anyone else's. Right. It was... It was
0: never saying blue lives no, don't matter. It was no, never...
1: It was, it was and is a call that says Black Lives Matter also. In this society... They have not,
0: and and that simple statement mm-hmm. needs to sink in.
1: It needs to resonate. It, it needs, needs to, soak to
0: resonate, mm-hmm. and we need to understand that at you know across the spectrum of both overt racism, mm-hmm. and then the passivity of "I'm not racist," which is not always correct. Right to being anti-racist to There's the best of your ability mm-hmm. and, and consciousness and in conversation, that that this is this is the movement.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. And people I think people have have that fear that grips them when they start talking in terms like that, um, even to the point where I have colleagues at, at work and, and in the community that uh, I can see when they that they feel comfortable enough coming to have a conversation with me in this space. But they bristle at saying things like, well, you're black, or they, because you're, and they stumble on saying, and I help them, I say, black? And they say, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, mm mm-hmm, but you can say it. I've been it all my life, um, so I'm, I'm used to it, and it doesn't offend me. It's not a problem for me. It's not one for you, is it? Okay, they, they're they gripped with that fear. To them, I say, get over it. Get over it. Get over yourselves with it. Because it's bigger than you. This is bigger than this is about us seeing each other the way God sees us. And that is as His children. I have two two kids, son and a daughter. I love them equally. I love them differently in that they have different needs, requirements, and such. You understand? You have, have kids you don't. So but I don't love one more than the other. Right. And that's how God sees each of us. So who are we? to then begin treating each other differently because of whatever the difference is.
0: It really is. And it sounds cliche, and I, I talked about this in that little video, did it? Mm-hmm. sounds cliche for us to talk about the love as we have. And it's, all, it's almost like some people take that, you know, oh, that's nice. No, you don't understand the fierceness of, of God's love. You, you don't understand mm-hmm. the passion of his fatherhood for his kids. Right. And even, you know, somebody was saying the other day, you know, it's not colorblind. Imagine an artist, what artist is going to take a palette and want to be blind to the color of their creation? This is on purpose. Exactly. This was the design and and the delight of God to to create us. Mm -hmm. The way uh, he did. The way he did, uh, male and female, black and white, and and every other color. Mm -hmm. It is not a cliche to say, this is the art of God.
1: That's right. And how
0: offensive.
1: It's offensive to say, I don't see color and I and it's offensive because what you're actually saying to someone um perhaps without realizing it, is that you don't see an aspect of them or if you do it doesn't matter yeah. and to say that some part of me doesn't matter to you just minimized me okay and so i advise people don't say you don't see color in fact recognize see it it's there. God created us the way he did for a reason, and it was for his glory. And so I, I encourage people to be color brave, embrace a great the idea, um, to recognize that we are different upon sight by skin pigmentation um, for a reason. But that's only point zero zero one percent of our makeup.
0: Oh, it's... My wife's a biologist, and she gets oh, on yeah. this. There, it's infinites. Our differences are infinitesimally small, exactly. And for for it to have resulted in this broken culture that we find ourselves in is the work of hell. Mm-hmm. And and in this season of God, again, I, I feel, you know, there there is the work of God to counter, to answer, to 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 redeem, right. So Charles, I want to just uh, if may,
1: I'm sorry, something just it just landed on me, and that's this idea that God created us in his image and, and create us all. Yet we see that we all we all look differently. Okay. Um to me that, that says that um not only did he do that on purpose. He did that, I believe, so that we would learn to appreciate each other for the differences that we each bring. The protest and the, the unrest, the angst, the emotion that's going on right now and that has gone on for years exhaustingly has always been a cry for equality, not for revenge. Not for revenge, and and so I'm not trying to sound as if I'm pleading or pleading rather uh, with anyone to say, "Please let me in." Right. Those calls have come, and at the core of it, yes, it's there. It's more to recognize that people are asking to be seen as equal,
0: of equal worth, of Of equal worth, of of equal equal
1: value, of equal honor. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Back to the to the scripture that you brought out: honor one another of equal value, because God values us equally.
0: And when we do not, we are sinning against a holy God, and we we are all, the scripture says, it is appointed unto man once to die, and then a judgment. And then a judgment. You and I can have whatever thoughts, feelings, actions, attitudes, conversations we want to in life, but not without accountability. No. One Mm -hmm. day, every individual is gonna stand before God Almighty. That's right. And the scripture says we're gonna give account for every even careless word. Mm so if i dishonor what god created in the honor of the blood of christ what he created and then redeemed with the honor of the blood of christ if i dishonor that that is a an affront and a sin against a holy god and there will be a severe accountability for it exactly and
1: racism is sin
0: it is it is it's a sin it is the sin and the work of hell uh, you know charles i, I want to uh, uh, you know thank you so much for 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 being here i wanna and i and i honor you as my my thank brother you. thank you um, Likewise. you know when we when we did breakfast it's just you're just a joy to be around thank you and thank you. and um and um you know and a and a person who brings joy to others um just in our closing moments just would ask um What would you like to say in in a a couple of bullet points to um, to struggling white people and struggling black people, um, just as another human being in Mm -hmm. this moment?
1: For struggling white brothers and sisters, I would say get past the fear. Become comfortable with being uncomfortable in this space. Look to have conversations and listen with your hearts, with your minds, to what others are saying, what they may not be saying, what they are feeling, what they demonstrate um, in, their, in, in, in their countenance. And listen to what they say overtly out of their mouths. Um, and, and then listen with the intent to uh, take some action on your part uh, to bring about some healing, uh, to bring about some some uh, uh, calm and peace, not only for that person, but for others like them and, and for yourself and for um, the relation between the two of you. To uh, my black brothers and sisters, um, I would say let's get over ourselves and be open to others who are seeking to come and stand with us. Our experiences are unique to us that others may not ever understand the way we do, and they won't, but it doesn't mean that their hearts aren't in the right place. They may make a mistake, they may misspeak or may stumble. Allow space for that. When have we not stumbled? When have we not made a mistake or or uh, misinterpreted something? And so I would ask that, that we be open to receiving someone's heartfelt intent um, rather than perhaps maybe their approach in trying to come alongside us. Uh, Oftentimes we do more damage to our own plight by putting limitations or expectations on someone else for the way they may want to come alongside when really they just are looking for answers just like we are. And so I would ask us to be open to that, allow them space to do it and then graciously and patiently, but hurriedly guide them along. Um, so that they can get to a space where, in, in the true Christian sense, if you hurt, I hurt. Yes, that's, that's biblical. That's it's biblical. It's biblical. And so if I hurt and my brother wants to come alongside me to stand with me and express that he's hurting also because I am, I need to grant that space.
0: Culture of honor. I honor your exactly. pain. Culture of honor. Um, I honor your attempt to understand my pain.
1: And I appreciate your attempt. Yeah. To understand my pain and to want to come and hear from me or talk with me, yeah. we're not going to always get it right. This, from a professional um, perspective, this space of diversity and inclusion, is messy, at best. Yeah. Improvements and achievements along the way are oftentimes, sadly, slowly, incremental, at best. But if I look at it in terms of investment towards what God's kingdom is and what it will look like on that day when we reach glory I see it as an investment so it's going to be compounded I was asked once how do we do this and I said very quickly one interaction at a time one interaction at a time I can't hope to change everybody's minds I can't make you change yours but I can influence your thoughts about me through our interaction one interaction at a time
0: Charles, again, it's a great word. And um, I just, again, want to thank you uh, for, um, for the, the heart and character of life that you've chosen to live in Christ, the kind of husband and father you are. Thank you. And, um, and again, I honor uh, you and your walk and your journey and and you inspire me. So thank you thank for you, that. Thank you,
1: Pastor. Thank you for the opportunity to come and share and, and the invitation to come and sit down and have the conversation.
0: And I want to just uh, emphasize the fact that this is not a one and done. Uh, run. we're going to be having ongoing conversations, and you'll be hearing more about that um, as we facilitate um, even some COVID-distanced ways. <laughs> I know <laughs> we're everybody's... six feet apart. Yeah, really, we're, we are six feet apart. Um, I know that what everybody's looking for is more a meet or a Zoom meetings, but um, but we are going to have those opportunities in the days to come where we further the conversation. And and I just want to close with this from my part as the shepherd, you know, I'm grateful that you all let me be your shepherd. I'm grateful that I get to be the shepherd of um, a, a, a more diverse church. It is a joy to me. Um, I'm humbled by that. But I just want to say two things, you know, Again, regarding the COVID season and, 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 and this, this you know, latest crisis season, one that's been unresolved way too long. Um, I'm stubborn and we're not quitting. Um, there is no quitting in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And, and Jesus said, my peace I leave with you. And that's what we're gonna operate with in, in this anxious, contemptuous culture, political environment, no, honor peace. My peace I leave with you. Um, and then th- Jesus just said, do not let your hearts be troubled. He said, I've overcome the world. So the church of Jesus Christ is going to rise. And mm-hmm. and as we regather, the gospel is going to go forward, not in a weakened way, but in an ever stronger way until Jesus comes. We are not going to simply allow and tolerate um, the, the centuries-long um, virus of racism to go unchecked and unchallenged. Amen. Um, I, I'm, I'm believing, I'm, I'm claiming in the name of Jesus that this is going to be a turning point in American history. And it can be. If we have the faith, if we believe the word of God, if we live the word of God, and if we honor one another above ourselves, and we work to apply that truth in every interaction, political, personal, racial, 360. We know who we are and how we're valued in Christ. Therefore, we're free to give away honor without worrying about receiving it. Um, this is, I will pray to the day I die, a turning point in U.S. history uh, towards racial justice and racial equality and and towards the, the end of... of of racism as, as culturally acceptable, uh, even in our broken world. Reverend, thank you so much for, for, for hearing, um, and, uh, be looking for our follow on community and conversation. And again, uh, uh, Reverend Charles, thank you so much for, uh, okay. for bringing today to the table, what you brought. God well, bless Pastor, you.
1: Thank you for your heart as well. Thank you. Bless
0: you. We'll see you Severn.